2: Alright, here we go. Preseason game number two is in the books. The Kansas City Chiefs defeat the Arizona Cardinals by a score of 17-10. to 10. I want to go ahead and welcome in my co-host for this. He is our podcast producer at Arrowhead Pride, Mr. Steven Serta. My name is Pete Sweeney. I'm the editor-in-chief at Arrowhead Pride. And we're going to discuss everything that happened in this preseason game. Before we do... If you're listening on our podcast network, please leave us a rating and a review. For those of you who are listening live and watching us live on either Twitter or YouTube, we'll bring the press conferences right to you so you don't have to go anywhere. The Arrowhead Pride Reaction Show is taking everything, bringing it right to you right after the game, a 17-10 to win. Steve, my first reaction from this game is... I think since 2018, this has been a Kansas City Chiefs team defined by Patrick Mahomes and everything the offense can do. This high-powered offense, the Legion of Zoom, the speed. How is anybody going to keep up with the Chiefs? It doesn't even matter what the defensive room looks like because the offense is so good. And when Bob Sutton was here, we just need the offense, or we just need the defense to be average, and this team is going to be a Super Bowl team. I think we're seeing the beginning steps in these last two preseason games that the defensive room, the thing that we've talked talked about for a long time, can the defense get up to the level of play of the offense? It's starting to come to fruition, and grand, granted, I, I know it's the preseason. I know we only get limited looks. The first-team defense looked like they stayed in for – What was almost a two full quarters at the end of that second quarter, you saw still some starters mixing in um, with some of the reserve players. So you got a nice look tonight and look no further and we'll talk about the offense, but look no further than five sacks for the defense for the second straight week. You have Kyler Murray, who is supposed to be what is an NFL phenom, right? He's the 2020 or I should say the 2019 offensive rookie of the year. And he had three straight three and outs to start this game, as part of four straight three and outs for the defense. Once again, second preseason game in a row. I think this story had to do with the Chiefs' defense.
0: Yeah, I you mentioned that this team goes with Patrick Mahomes, and, and that it's that's what wins you rings, right? That's what the Chiefs are about. This thing is built around offense. And the second preseason game in a row, granted, it's the preseason, so we we don't want to read into it too much, but their defense looks really good. Like, it looks really, really good. It looks like for the first time, it can be as good as the offense. And I, like, I can't
2: remember when I thought that
0: last about the Chiefs. Chris Jones and the Cardinals didn't have a great offensive line last year. Uh, I don't expect them to have a great offensive line this year. But Chris Jones just looks like he's playing on another level. It doesn't matter who's trying to block him. It doesn't matter who's trying to do anything against him. Like Chris Jones is coming into the season saying, okay, you want to stop acting like I can't be in that Aaron Donald category. (laughs) I'm going to convince you that I can be in that Aaron Donald category. And in limited snaps, he just looks like the best football player on the field. And that's when Patrick Mahomes is on the field. Like, like Chris Jones just looks absolutely insane and Mahomes is a little off tonight like it's preseason whatever they're kind of still figuring things out on offense I- I- I'm totally fine with all of that uh it was just their defense has looked spectacular and it's the preseason and you don't want to get overhyped but it's not just the starters it's not yeah. Chris Jones it's not just Jaren Reed it's not LeJarius Sneed it's when the second guy's coming when the third guy's coming in. Everybody's making plays on every team for them yeah. right now. And all that says is, well, you got a lot of depth. So if you suffer an injury, you yeah. got guys who can still make plays. Like there's a lot of reasons to be really excited about the way the Chiefs defense has looked so far this preseason.
2: Yeah. You had Turk Wharton come in and he was in pursuit of Colt McCoy. And you said to yourself, man, even late in games, this Chiefs defensive line is going to be something to reckoned with because they're four five players deep that you feel on the interior and even on the outside uh, could make an impact. I want to go back to Chris Jones. You just see him lining up all over the line. I mean, it could be left defensive end, uh, right defensive end. He lines inside at tackle. Last game we had the sack out of the tackle position. This sack was, I believe it was right defensive end where he made that inside move on the offensive lineman and was home free uh, to get the quarterback. I asked Chris Jones what his goals were for this year, and I remember the first time I asked him a few years ago, and he had said something like 15 sacks, and we all laughed, and then he ended up getting 15 sacks. Now he's saying that he wants the NFL record, and so you think about it. I mean, he looks like a player right now who could buy for something like that because these defensive players, if they get the sack numbers up, they're in line to be the defensive player of the year. And I see Chris Jones lining up all over the line. It's confusing opposing offensive lines. We're seeing it in the preseason here. And I I think he was a player to be reckoned with when now he does uh, a lot of different things. Yeah, we got Andy Reid coming up, so let's go to Andy Reid.
3: Just uh, before the game, uh, Fenton uh, tweaked his hamstring. Um, Looks like it's a knot. but we'll, we'll see... Tomorrow, when we get back, um, we just he was returning punch there before the game. Clyde um, hurt his right ankle early, and Darrell Williams was in the concussion protocol. And then uh, Wharton was, but came back in. Um, and then Tyreek, uh, Tyreek had had a hamstring that had kind of tightened up on him in practice, thought he could go, and then um during warm-ups it tightened up again so i I chose to keep him keep him out of there Um, listen all in all i I was real pleased with the defense and how they played and Um, i I thought spags did a, a nice job there. DB did a nice job with um you know with the offense and dave with the special teams i just all in all i i thought it was a good game we offensively we had a lot of yards a lot of plays and probably could have had some more points in that first half um on defense i 22 95 51. i mean these guys all really showed up um and then McColl came up with a, a big catch 22 comes up with a big interception i mean it was uh, those are those are things that will help us help us down the road here so um all in all again um a good night our runners i i joked i joked Dan about uh and, you know number 40 gore looked like you know gale sayers man i mean I'm going, he, he was doing a beautiful job in there making people miss and you know, it, was, it was fun to watch so anyways that time's yours and with, with and is that when like, that? yeah well listen i've i see him in practice so i mean i kind of know what he can do and um and Jerron Reeves really allowed us to do that. Just, and I mean, that, we talk about all Veach's offensive blind guys that he brought in, but that that thing there, that that was important to have the flexibility to move him. And um, and that doesn't mean he took some snaps inside too, so we, we know he can do that. But uh, Jerron gave us uh, the ability to to move him, and I thought Jerron played. You know, he played well tonight too. So. I think Cliff Cliff's got a good football team. It's not that he didn't play everybody, but he, he's, got, he's gonna have a good good football team.
1: So, anyways, go ahead. Just, uh, with with ankle, I, I wasn't quite sure I heard before, he's, He sprained bad. his ankle. He's
3: got a slight sprain on the inside of his ankle. So, we'll we'll just see. I don't. I mean, they're gonna check it tomorrow. You know, and do what do what they do there. But, um, it's tender now. It, it doesn't look like a high ankle sprain. So that's a, always a good thing. But, they'll they'll double check. it.
1: The other thing just about Patrick's night, the the little eventless. I wonder what your assessment was and, and also just his need, apparent need to maybe take a hit or two versus your, your feelings about seeing it happen.
3: Yeah, so you're not going to stop that. I mean, that's if you're going to play him, he's going to play the game. And so when he decides to go, he goes, and um, you don't want to take that away from him. Um, that's a hard field there to slide on it was a little bit rough there in the middle i mean this is where they practice so that feels he had a few feet on it trampling it uh, over the last few weeks so uh, but um you know he did some good things i mean we had a ton of plays a ton, ton of yardage and um you know he he'll tell you this but he was trying to throw that one away he wasn't and it just it, you know it caught on him and stayed in bounds. so uh, Yeah, listen, I, I wanna get that going a little bit. We we really haven't done we haven't had a ton of opportunities to do it, so I wanted to make sure that we at least got some work on that. I thought our guys did a good job with it. Yeah.
4: And it
1: was seen Juan get a lot of snaps in his first two
3: games. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he you know, this this will help him. I mean that was a big interception. That was beautiful, huh? Um I mean laying out for that, that was that was a great deal and I mean, we need one, we, you know, we need him in there feeling good about himself and playing and I think this will help him. Yeah, so it was execution and I, I thought just by, uh, I don't know, we had 40 some plays, I think in the first half and to 17 on the other side and or it was somewhere in that area. I mean, you don't don't quote me on that, although I'm telling the world here, but it, it's somewhere in that, it's somewhere in that area um and, and so the execution was good I'm, you know I, I could have put the guys in a better position to finish and i, I didn't do that and you know so but i, I thought EB did a nice job with when, when he was he called too so i thought he did a real nice job with it <clears throat> we'll yeah the last couple of weeks yeah 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 so we just kind of tag teamed it and i thought he did a great job no, I gave him quarters, Yeah, okay. quarters. Yeah. 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 He got a chance to get in there and do his thing. So tell us which to all the ones that we scored on
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he did. He did a great job with, yeah, great job. Last one,
2: man. Uh, Coach, this, this is back to back weeks now where your young quarterbacks have had a chance to either win the game or ice the game. How beneficial was that time just the preseason
3: for those young guys? Yeah, I mean, you can't you, this takes it up a notch from practice. And so getting in there with all the people in the stand, you know, the whole deal in a foreign stadium here, I think is every rep is important for them. And uh, especially that front group that, that's been stepping in and the linebacker. We got a couple of linebackers in there that are young guys. So every rep they get, a good rep and all right. Thank you. pays off for you. Yep. Okay. Safe
2: that's Chiefs head coach Andy Reid discussing the team's 17 to 10 win. In preseason game two, as you heard really talking about the net yardage difference between these two teams, it ended up 458 to 239. We were talking about Chris Jones ahead of Andy Reid. Some of the things that he noted prior to us taking the feed that Clyde Edwards Lair suffered a right ankle sprain be further examined in Kansas City, but it doesn't appear to be a high ankle sprain, which would be very serious and probably have him out for a long time, but we, it remains to be seen what happens with Clyde Edwards Alaire. The Chiefs held Tyreek Hill out with a hamstring injury. They called it precautionary. A Cornerback Rashad Fenton, he tweaked his hamstring while returning punts before the game, so he did not uh, go um, either, and they were holding him back. The The, the one we're going to have to discuss uh, is the Clyde Edwards Alaire Uh, ankle injury I just want to continue on the point about the defense though first and and get through that Uh, Chris Jones I I talked a lot about Tyron Matthew always being the best player on this team Steve it really does like seem Chris Jones uh, is the best player on this team right now and I just don't know how opposing offensive lines are going to stop him
0: yeah I he's been vocal about what he's prepared to do this season and some of it's been kind of tongue-in-cheek like yeah, we know you're an exceptional player but like, you know, just, you know, you're you're going to try to come out and, and get yours. And throughout training camp and so far in the preseason, he has just flat out looked like he can challenge Aaron yep. Donald this year as like being legitimately the most dominant interior defensive lineman and then oh no he's gonna go outside too what's well, crazy you're, you're just...
2: mentioning right now he, he might be the best interior player and uh, the best player on the outside and he jokes and likes to talk about sack nation and he has fun with the media and the fans about it but this team as a unit is starting to look like sack nation anthony hitchens with the sack jaron reed uh, even the depth players in linebacker darius harris and DiCaprio boodle getting in on the mix he doesn't say that it has to be a defensive lineman that can get involved with sack Nation. And now that's, that's 10 sacks preseason. I've said it now three times on this podcast. But I just think if your defensive line is cooking, we always get on Brett Veach about maybe not investing premium picks that the Chiefs make themselves in the cornerback room. But if you have a solid cornerback room, and it does look like that with Charvarius Ward and LeJarius Sneed and Mike Hughes, who's actually really playing well, And you have a defensive line that is led by Chris Jones, who we had mentioned looks like an absolute monster. I think you're going to see the whole defense look really, really strong. And I think we're getting clues to that now in these first
0: two games, Steve. Uh, And so I want to talk about that secondary for a second, because the defense obviously been phenomenal so far in the preseason. They were completely shutting down the Cardinals first string offensive unit in, in the first quarter of that game. Chris Jones Exceptional, but we've had these questions about the third cornerback and it's kind of been a rotation between guys. Mike Hughes and DeAndre Baker have both shown promise in that role, but we finally got a glimpse tonight of Juan Thornhill and that incredible athleticism that we saw in his rookie season with that unbelievable interception that he pulled off. Like, I still am trying to figure out what the chiefs are doing here with their rotations yeah. and the way they're, they're, they're kind of moving that secondary round to me. Yeah. It kind of says, well, we're still figuring it out. Like we understand well, who we have in, who we have locked in everybody else. We're just kind of putting the chess pieces as we see fit and kind of figuring it out as we go. And I don't have a problem with that. It's all well, it inevitably means that Juan Thornhill is going to be the guy.
2: Well, what was interesting tonight and,
0: Not only did Juan Thornhill start with the
2: first team, as did defensive tackle Colin Saunders, who deserved it. These guys have been playing well lately. Uh, The Chiefs have made points of that in in practice. Thornhill's been a little bit more mysterious because we've seen him with the second team. If you notice tonight, he started with the first team, and he was still out there with the third team. Andy Reid, as you just heard, was asked about it, and he said, essentially, we need Juan Thornhill feeling confident about himself. Let's go back to the press conferences where we have wide receiver McCole Hardman
5: or. All right, guys. Carlyle, you take us to the, the uh the downtown cache. Um, I mean, it's kind of I think it was zero. Uh Chad gave me a, a audible to run the post and I don't know is just look up and <laughs> try to catch it. I mean, it's cool though. Did you feel like you knew that you had a pretty good shot at that ball cuz obviously that didn't take you exactly where
4: you
5: wanted to be. Yeah, it took me a minute to find a ball for a minute. So when I did find I knew it was going to be short, so I was like all right, let's get this. Don't, don't drop it. <laughs> it
1: also looked like you were almost falling backwards as you had to reach forward. Right. Is that kind of how you felt? I mean, you did to really scoop it.
5: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a good throw, though. Um, but I, I definitely was leaning back, leaning um trying to get it, so. It was all right. <laughs> Uh no, nah, I didn't. Um well we didn't know Tyree wasn't playing until like I think the game started the game, so it was like <laughs> what are we doing? So but I didn't know we were gonna play the whole first half but but it was cool, though. it was good to get some, some a lot of reps out there and get some targets and some catches. So How would you just evaluate how I mean it went good. Um I think I could have caught the one in the in the corner zone on the bench. Um and then we just some miscommis um some miscommunication with me and Pat but that's why we got it to get better, so what do you think? I don't know which one on the, the one on the, about, corner yeah, the, corner one. the corner. I just like I came on my break wrong. I could have just been like you know more square to be like the jump and get the ball wherever it was at. So kind of like it just gotta be in better position. And it
1: looked like you could, might
5: did you get a little jostled on the first one in the end zone? You're, I think you're doing a corner on the other. Side. Right. Yeah. That, that's what I was talking about the corner. That's the one you're talking yeah, about. Okay. on the corner. But the one on the in the back of the end zone, like going towards the right, that was like uh, I don't know if it was just the throw or should I have been more flat or what. So. Feels good. <laughs> and that's good. Like a lot of fans in the stand, so it's more better. And we had a lot of fans today, so it's definitely a good feeling to get back in there.
1: I think before the game, maybe this was. I can't tell if this was before you knew Tyreek was out or after, but you guys were
5: running down the sideline together. He uh, was. You were just joking around. Right. When,
1: when he still, he still thought he
5: was playing then. Yeah. I mean, we all thought was, we didn't know until it literally like kickoff. We were like, yeah. okay, so now let You just have to just uh, adjust to it. So racing them then, right? No, 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 no race, no race, nah, so some, some, some we just trying to like, see, it might be a celebration or something, if he break away free, I go catch him or something, so. Okay, guys, thanks, McColl. Appreciate, Appreciate it. You. Thank you.
2: So you have McColl Hardman coming off the podium there. We talked about uh, safety Juan Thornell having the defensive play of the night. Nicole Hardman, after what looked to be a couple of miscommunications with Patrick Mahomes. He, he starts out the game two for two on his targets, and then four straight targets, McCole Hardman and Patrick Mahomes just not in sync. You t- heard him talking about the route on a, a touchdown chance there it was back to back passes in the end zone. And so it was another week where you're like, oh, I just wish Mahomes and Hardman would get in sync. And then Mahomes comes out of the game, and then Chad Henny, baby, with a flick of the wrist, and all of a sudden. That ball's floating, 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 kind of dies. Uh, I mean, it is a Chad Henney pass, right? It kind of dies a little short. And Mah- McCole Hardman, it's a shoestring catch. So Juan Thornhill, who needed the defensive play of the night, he gets it. McCole Hardman, who could have used the offensive play of the night, he gets it for the touchdown.
0: Yeah, McCole, that should have been the play of the preseason for the Chiefs, right? Because early in the game, Mahomes targeting, t- targeting him, targeting him, targeting him trying to get him the confidence and the, the reps and the looks to be that number two wide receiver that they desperately want him to be. And it just wasn't working. It just wasn't clicking tonight. Uh, I have faith that it can at some point, but I still have my question marks about McColl as being like a legitimate number two option behind that guy. So I, well, I'm curious. We'll, We'll, we'll figure it out. But Juan Thornhill just made the play of the preseason for the chiefs.
2: Yeah, and and going back to that diving grab, as we were alluding to, this is a player who now you're understanding from Andy Reid that they're putting out there who needs uh, a little bit of a confidence boost. Don't forget he's coming off that ACL still. I mean, that's still an injury that it it sometimes takes time to really feel like yourself, and he needed a play in-game like that, a diving interception where we were able to see his athleticism again. Let's go back to the press conferences where quarterback Patrick Mahomes is speaking to the media. Patrick, got
1: a little more action tonight. Um, How did it feel to be more of the thick of thing?
6: Yeah, it felt good. I thought we had some good drives going, um, a few long drives uh, where we kind of got to run the ball, throw the ball, do all that different type of stuff. Um, just we got to find a way to get in the end zone at the end of those. Um, uh, definitely a good, a good showing for the offensive line, I thought. They protected well. They, we ran the ball well. Um, and you can always learn from the things that we did.
1: Mm-hmm. but maybe not as much as you did tonight. I'm not sure, but I, how, how, do
6: you, how do you... Yeah, I thought, I thought tonight was a, it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously the run, uh, I had a third down run where I wanted to eat the first down, but didn't really want to get hit. Uh, that was one. Um, but really, I mean, they thought they, they kept me pretty clean. Uh, it was a pretty clean game for the most part. The only, the only mistake we really made was when I was trying to throw the ball away, and I left it to where he could still pick the ball off. So, I mean, other than that, I thought we had a pretty pretty good game.
1: What, what work have you done or what have you accomplished you feel like, in
6: these first two games of I thought we've done a great job um, obviously we don't have our full game plan in um, but we've, we've done some good stuff and've we've, we've made some calls that we'll be calling uh, throughout the throughout the regular season um, defense like tonight is a little bit different than a lot of defenses we play so it was good to kind of make those calls with them um, and I thought the guys have been on the same page and making the, the right checks uh, when they're when they're needed so it's definitely been a, a good first two games and I'm looking forward to the third. Yeah, 100%. Um, and just being on the same page when it's kind of the real thing. I mean, obviously, at practice, you're, you're going hard, and you can really communicate. There's there's a crowd, but it's not loud. Uh, people are, 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 their juices are flowing in the game. Um, so just kind of whenever the game's going going on, being, being able to communicate with the whole offensive line, um, being on the same page, and being on the execute whenever, whenever uh, the play's called. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's super valuable. Uh, I thought we did a great job last year on fourth downs, and so it's definitely something that we'll probably continue to do. But... It's, it's, it's Coach Reed having confidence and, and EB having confidence in us and me knowing that if it's third and long, I know if we get it kind of in that fourth and short situation um, that we're going to more than likely have a chance to go go for it. And so uh, it's definitely valuable. I think the most valuable thing we did was kind of have those long, sustained drives. I mean, it's awesome to score with one play, and I'm sure we'll have a couple of those uh, during the season. Um, but to have those drives where you have to kind of grind it out, I think that's the, the biggest uh, thing that you get away from this game.
1: get out of that and and maybe take us through some of the end zone
6: plays and what what, what did or didn't work? Yeah, the the first end zone play, I probably just, I got to throw the ball probably with a little bit more touch, throw a little hard. Um, I try to like really rip it in there and and it was a little too high for him to kind of get both his hands on. Um, The second one where he kind of ran across the field, it's a play you always see us run with Tyreek and we just got to work on that timing to find that right spot because he has the speed to beat that guy across the field. Um, And then uh, I think the I think I don't know if I what the other one was but I thought he did, I thought he had a good game. I mean obviously there's a, f- a few mistakes here and there but you saw he made a the big play on that cover 0 play where he, Chad put it up for him and you want to see those things. You want to see a guy that when his numbers call when Tyreek's not playing he's kind of in that Tyreek position that he's going out there and trying to make plays and, he, and he's making them. Um, and I thought he did a good job of that of, of, of battling through kind of being in that top spot. And even if
1: you guys don't
6: Yeah, for sure, and um, we we always kind of talk about like during training camp and during these preseason game, kind of training guys to kind of be on the same page as we are. Um, and I think that that's it. I mean, like the, the throwing that 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 over route where I kind of threw it out of the back of the end zone at the end of the end of it uh, that first drive. Um, it kind of is kind of showing that that's the spot that I kind of need to be at that back corner of the end zone. And even though we didn't catch it, he'll know that the next time. And I think the, great, the best thing with McColl is he doesn't make the same mistake twice. I mean, he really has learned a lot uh, being behind Tyreek and, and learning how to play that position. Oh, it's, it's our 99 change. That's what I got for the Madden 99 club. So I figured, I, I figured I'd stack them every once in a while. <laughs> I'm extremely excited. I mean, it's going to be like one of those things where if you thought tonight, like I was really going at it, like it's going to be hard to kind of coach you to calm me down because uh, uh, whenever you get in front of that uh, that arrowhead crowd and the Chiefs kingdom, and I know they're going to be, it's a preseason game, but they're going to be rowdy as ever. Uh, it's going to be, your juices will be flowing. I'll have to calm myself down a little bit. All right, Thank you. Mm-hmm.
2: That's Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes going through his final line on the night, 10 of 18 for 78 yards. He had the one interception. I had been wondering about that interception because I saw it, and I'm, I'm thinking as I watch Patrick Mahomes taking hits that he probably <laughs> doesn't need to take and diving for first downs on fourth down, I was thinking, okay, maybe he knew it, it was his last play. He knew it was the preseason. And He said, all right, I'm just going to try it because how many times have we seen that ball? that he throws in the back there scrambling to his right or left and just end up right in a uh, receiver's arms and it was into byron murphy who made the interception but he revealed in that press conference that he was just trying to to throw the ball away and i guess left it too far in bounds. andy reed said that as well <laughs> just it's 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 you know you have a good quarterback and one of the better quarterbacks maybe of all time if it's like stunning that he threw an interception like that in the preseason game it's just not a play that we see from Patrick Mahomes a, a lot but nothing to worry about there he kind of laughed it off in the press conference
0: but it, it's part of why he's so fun to watch because yeah. he's so aware at all times when he's on the field like it, it, it's just hard to explain to people how difficult that is that like he knows it's the preseason. He knows, well, I can get away with this. Well, maybe see if I can make a ridiculous play or not. Like, yeah, maybe he was trying to throw it out of bounds, but I think part of him was like, oh, I can make a play here. And he I knows- think so,
2: too. I mean, I, I don't, you know, you don't want to say right after a press conference and the guy says he's trying to throw it away. But, man, yeah, that's you know, was- he's like one of the most accurate quarterbacks I have ever seen. Yes. Like, if you're throwing it away and you're outside the pocket, you could launch it into the stands.
0: I mean, and we've seen him, you know, know, have some accuracy issues in some big games, but this certainly wasn't a big game. It was a, it was a preseason game. It felt like, you know, he knew he was getting playing time tonight and they knew they wanted to get McCole Hardman the ball to kind of boost that confidence with him as your number two wide receiver. And so that was a key to the game when they were going in, we got to get McCole the ball. We got to get him to make some plays. We got to get him to know like he's the dude this year. And it felt like that kind of affected the rhythm of Mahomes because Mahomes kind of has to be a freelance quarterback. Sometimes he has to be that guy who, hey, just let me go make plays, Andy. Let me let me just go freelance and find the guys that are open and, and make ridiculous throws. It can't always just be okay. This is the guy we got to get. We got to feed today.
2: No, I I completely agree. And what was amazing about. Tonight, I mean, you count up the receivers, more than 15 different receivers had receptions. Now, that can only happen in a preseason game because after a while, uh, certain players will come off. But more than 15 receivers, you, you know that uh, Mahomes was hitting a lot of different bodies, and so were some of the other quarterbacks. Let's go back to the press conferences where we have the defensive player of the night, safety one, Thornhill. Far away. You
4: got to catch first. Um. It's just a play that I wanted for myself, like the ball is in the air and I just did my job and went to go make the play. Can you
1: take us through the read? Because you were a few steps
4: elsewhere. Mm-hmm. It's more about playing a game with the quarterback because like I was trying to show that I was like helping somewhere else. And I took like a false step. And once I knew the quarterback saw that he was going to try to hit number three, like bending over the top. And he threw it right behind one of our backers ears and I just went and made the play. Mm-hmm definitely because like I mean every time you got to play games with the quarterback the, the quarterbacks trying to make plays Just like you are if you just give away everything he's not gonna go to where you want to go So yeah, I just gave a false step. He threw it a three and I just went and made the play
1: That seems to show a comfort level in what you're doing out there, right? I mean, did you feel like maybe last season you would
4: do something like that? I mean, were you out there? Um, I mean, that's that's hard to, to look at because last season, I mean, I was going through a lot of things, but I put last season behind me, and I'm just trying to move forward. I'm trying to make the plays that I used to make, and whenever the coach called me, whenever my teammates need me, I'm just out there to make that play. You played a
0: lot this preseason. hmm
4: I mean, it's always great when you're out there getting a lot of reps because there's guys that's in this locker room that wants the same amount of reps that I'm having. So I'm not going to go out there and complain that my coach is giving me three quarters when there's guys that just want one. So I'll never complain about that. And I think it's good for me to get my legs moving, get used to playing in the game.
1: I'm sure you've addressed this before, but I'm, I'm not sure I know the answer. How physically do you feel compared to your first season? I mean, are you... Physically
4: completely the same as all I'm back your head or I'm like? back there was uh there were some times last season I was I was down myself I wasn't and I was never 100% I just had to fight through the pain and this season I this off I just attacked it uh trying to get my knee back to 100% and I definitely can sound back Does it make you it's a funny way to put
1: it I guess but make you feel freer to, to, to be what you want
4: to be Oh yeah when you when you're out there focusing on football and not the knee I mean you always play better cuz like there was times last season I was just like down myself like can I still jump that high? Can I still run this fast? Can I push off that leg like I want to? But this season I'm just focusing on football. That just automatically allow you to make more plays.
1: focus or too, put too much stock into one play. But how much can that interception do for you
4: I mean whenever you make a play it always boosts your confidence just to show that you you still can do it. Like for any guy. Like if there was Pat was to throw a touchdown, that will automatically take his his confidence up to a new level. Just like me, I just made an interception. My level of confidence just went out.
1: Have a similar question, but you say you feel bad to make plays in practice, but to make it in the game like that in a last situation,
2: just how good did that feel?
4: I mean, it felt great. I mean, you can do it on national TV, and everyone saw it. They saw that I still can play like I used to. I mean, that's just is a great feeling. Chris, thanks, Juan. All
6: right,
2: Juan Thornhill,
4: and that should wrap
2: up the Chiefs press from Glendale, Arizona. Juan Thornhill coming off and. I think he could see it right after the play where he was walking up and down the sidelines after he made the defensive player of the night, the diving interception, yelling, smiling, walking, talking to his teammates. We saw a little bit of, I thought, Thornhill swagger toward the end of his rookie season in 19 prior to the injury. Got a little bit of it back toward the end of last year, but it still didn't feel good exactly like that first year when as a rookie, he really looked like one of the better young players in the league. And tonight I think, again, it's all about first steps when you're in the preseason. I think we saw a significant step back to that Thornhill swagger that we had back in 19.
0: Yeah, that that, that interception was just filthy. And, and you love to see it from him because in his rookie season, he looked like he could be one of the more athletic safeties in football. Like we were going to have this Thornhill Matthew tandem for a while here in Kansas City, and that hasn't really worked out that way. But it's not because Juan Thornhill's lacking in talent. And so seeing him make the play, like maybe it's a confidence thing that he never fully built that confidence back up coming back from the torn ACL. Mm-hmm. So I think tonight was huge. It was spectacular. And we've seen the Chiefs use him all over the place so far in the preseason, but hopefully that play tonight was the play that we needed to get that rookie year Juan Thornhill back.
2: I think it was clues that we've seen from the team too, because
0: when they start training camp, it is just
2: the rookies and the quarterbacks that show up and Thornhill was up there and it wasn't like he was coming off the significant injury. It was a year apart. I think it was still a matter of him just needing the reps, the reps, the reps. And so we've been wondering up in St. Joe, St. Joe closed on Wednesday. uh, So we're back in Kansas city now, but we had been wondering up in St. Joe, Why is he with the second team? Why is he with the third team when maybe it just was a matter of the chiefs are trying to up his quantity of reps because they know if they keep running this guy out there, running this guy out there, running this guy out there, eventually, right, he's going to get his feet back under him and boom, he's going to make a play like he did tonight. And I I think you saw that it's just what the chiefs were looking for by giving him all those reps. And what was the big, okay? maybe we don't have to worry about this after all was the idea that he started with the first team tonight. Yeah, he was still in there in the third quarter because, again, you're building on those reps. But even in his presser right there, you can hear that he needed that confidence boost, and he got it tonight in the Chiefs 17-10 to win. It was a great game defensively for the Chiefs. As we mentioned, Kyler Murray, the starter for the Cardinals, 3-3 three, three and outs. That was how his night went. Uh, the Chiefs had five sacks in this game. We had mentioned the Sack from Chris Jones. He also had a batted-down pass at the line. We noted Thornhill had the pass defense, and so did uh, DeAndre Baker. So this secondary was really coming into the, to its own. Prior to the press conference, I had noted how Mike Hughes is really looking a part of that third cornerback. DeAndre Baker is right in his heels. Again, Rashad Fenton uh, tweaked something in the pregame, so he didn't go. That is a three-man race, so to speak. Hughes is in, in first uh, for that third quarterback position right now. But Baker, with a pass breakup in the end zone, he almost had an interception or could have had an interception if he turned around a little sooner on one of the plays. I really like not only the starting cornerbacks for this Chiefs team, but you're starting to like the depth uh, really on all levels, right? Um, Talk about the defensive line, Uh, the linebackers. Nick Bolton has really flashed in training camp. And now in the secondary, it's a team that is built for, I think, the starters, but also behind them. I, I really like this battle that's shaping up between Hughes and Baker.
0: I'm not convinced that the chiefs are going to be like, you know, a a top five defense in the NFL or something like that. But I've seen enough at this point that like, I'm pretty convinced they're going to be better than they were last year on that side of the ball, which is kind of crazy when we were spending all this time talking about like, they need to add another cornerback. They need to add some more depth here. They need to add another edge rusher. They need to do all of these things. And they were saying the entire time, Now we got all that in-house. We got it, we got it covered. We'll add Mike Hughes for, for nothing. And DeAndre Baker can be a playmaker for us. We already really like Rashad Fenton and we'll just move Chris Jones outside. And we love all of our depth across the defensive line. Like that's impressive. It's an impressive job uh, from a Brett Veach standpoint. And it's an impressive job from the coaching standpoint. Like it's hard to come out of the preseason and not expect this defense to be a lot better than it was last year, just based on what we've seen in a limited fashion. Because as you said, it's not just the starters, it's every level. It's every group is making plays. Every group has had an impact. And so that suggests that you have depth at every group on the defensive side of the ball. It's just really impressive.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I I think coming into this preseason, we just talked so much about the offensive line and I think, you're right. I think what's been impressive is they have built up not only the offensive line and its depth. I mean, when you really are talking about some of the reserves on the, O.L., oh, well, it's hard to come up with five names who they're going to keep behind the five starters. By the way, the offensive line and these three rookies, and, and this is something I tweeted and I want to reiterate on the show, on the podcast, you know, so much is made about the quarterback rookie contract. If you're going to be starting these guys as rookies, from center to right tackle, so we're talking about Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, and Lucas Niang, you're locked into those contracts for at least three years. I mean, and, and you have to feel really good about that side of the line if this is how they're playing against NFL talent, if this is how they're playing uh, against the first-team defense. Let's get into some of these secondary storylines, Steve. We looked at some returners tonight. McCole Hardman is far a better returner, and I know some fans don't like McCole Hardman as a returner. It is McCole Hardman. Uh, well, Tyree Hill of course, but Hill's not going to return. So it's Hardman and everybody else. They We saw a look at Demarcus Robinson, Mike Hughes, Darius Shepard, Jarek McKinnon. I thought Hughes looked the best of the rest, but none of these guys are pushing Hardman to start at punt return. And as it seems right now, Byron Pringle, whenever he has the ball in his hands, it seems like good things happen. And so while it's good to see that these guys have returning skills in case of an injury, I, I, no one to me is standing out and, and, and significant, like something that Dave Tobit said is, well, Darius Shepard is only making the
0: team as returner.
2: I don't even know if he's a, the third best returner on this football team.
0: It does make me wonder what, you know, I, I know Dave Tobin said like, Oh, I know what McCole Hardman can do. That's why I don't need to see him as a returner. It makes me wonder whether or not they're just ready to say like, he's just not going to return now because we need too much from him on the offense. Um, it's definitive those guys might be decent return men but none of them are McCole hardman like that's the best part of his game he's he's just faster than everybody else on the football field and it translates really well in the return game so i don't know i question whether or not that's the best move because i don't want the chief special teams to like lose something there by sacrificing McCole hardman to more reps when i think it feels like they can definitely do have like a serviceable rotation for that second wide receiver option with the way Byron Pringles looked with the way Marcus Kemp's looked with the way they're feeding McCall Hardman. Like that's not ideal, but if you can rotate all of those guys, you can kind of manufacture that second wide receiver role.
2: I think where maybe we got caught up is just assuming it's going to be one guy that replaces Sammy when this might be Andy Reid's dream where he can sift through, two tight ends on the field. He can have two wide receivers. Let Jarek
0: McKinnon out wide. He'll be fine.
2: Yeah, speaking of McKinnon, I want to get into the running back room. So We noted that there's an ankle issue with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There was a concussion, potential concussion issue with Darrell Williams, which is why we got a heavy dose of Jarek McKinnon, who I thought looked great tonight. Not only did he catch a touchdown, but he had a really great special teams play where he blocked a Cardinal up, up in the air and then right to the ground. I was just super impressed with uh, not only McKinnon's play offensively, but just the willingness in, uh, you know, his, he's been in the league for seven years and he's doing some of the dirty work, as they would say, because he knows he's the third running back on this team. And he looks to have some burst. He also looked good in pass protection. And then you had Darwin Thompson, running the football. He had a bad start when, when Darwin Thompson had his first few carries in this game, I just said to myself, man, this is the guy, this is the guy who's not going to make this team. I mean, pretty clearly. And then he really came into his own. Now.
0: Then he um, hurdles defenders and you're back on the Darwin train. Did he hurdle a little bit tonight? Uh, yeah. Had him a I, drop kick and you know, but it worked but, out. It worked did out.
2: I think that Darwin Thompson was going to set a record tonight. No. Then he, he jumps up in the air 12 times and set the hurdle record for a preseason game. So congratulations to Darwin Thompson on that. But in all seriousness, eight carries is 49 yards. He was running the ball hard. I think it's making the decision tougher for Brett beach. I think the lineup is still Clyde and, uh, and Daryl and then McKinnon and then uh, Darwin. And then you had Elijah McGuire, who was at that funny moment at the end of the game where he just ran straight out of bounds. and It reminded me of Forrest Gump. Um, which uh, I don't know why it did, but it, it just was a weird play that looked like like why is he not running uh, to the touchdown? But um,
0: that's amazing. man he knows he's not going to be on the team. <laughs>
2: you see the you see the injuries though to to Clyde and Daryl, and we'll update you on ArrowheadPride.com as we get more information about about those. But you can start to see why Brett Feach always loads up these rooms. It's to make sure in the case of injury that you have bodies there, and so maybe they end up doing, keep keeping four running backs. And, and this is something that I also noted on Twitter. Like when you have guys like Doris Fountain, who's making h- tough catches for another week in a row and really Defoe. pushing, Right. D- Defo, as uh, the great Brandon Kylie likes to call him. And then you have uh, Jody Fortson who making catches. He is showing that he can block. We have noted about Jody Fortson's 20 pounds of muscle you start to try to fit these puzzle pieces into what is typically 25 offensive players, man, I'm happy that I'm not Brett Veach. He's got those snazzy suits. Uh, He's got to make some tough decisions. Uh, I understand the suit game is strong, very much more strong than some of the suits that I have in my office here. Um, But my goodness, it's not going to be an easy uh, decision to make when it comes to some of these rooms. Do you keep four tight ends? Uh, Do you keep four or five running backs? How many receivers do you keep? Do you have room for a Darius Fountain who's making the case? Do you cut your own damn draft pick in Cornell Powell, who is getting passed up by multiple receivers in my eyes and Marcus Kemp and Fountain? Just a yeah. lot of... Uh,
0: we I had Cornell's like a practice squad player at best this year. There's a realistic chance... If they
2: waived him, would any team, based upon this tape... If they waived him, but would any team, based upon this tape... I mean,
0: blame I, th- him. I think he'd get another chance just because he's a young player and he's you know, got the athletic profile of an NFL wide receiver, but he's done nothing to make you think that he's going to make this team so far. Like I, th- I thought that after the first preseason game, I was like, Oh, he might not make the team the way, the way my guy Defoe is pl- out here playing like Marcus. Yeah. And I'll say a- this Mountain should make this football team.
2: I'm going to borrow something from your Arrowhead pride show. There were a couple certifications tonight in my eyes and fountain was a certification and Kemp was a certification. And then we had an imposter in Devin key. Devin key for a little bit was I think making the push. He got beat by Ross Travis. And what is the deal with these Cardinals, former chiefs tight ends? (laughs) Demetrius (laughs) Harris surfaced Ross Travis surfaced. Steve, I saw a tweet by you about Ross Travis.
0: He scored the touchdown and I was like, hang on. Ross Travis played for the chiefs at some point. Yeah, he did. I know he's played for the chiefs since I've covered the chiefs. There's no way I should recognize the name Ross Travis. Right. And I was like, I know he did. And I tweeted that. And then I looked it up. I was like, sure enough, 2015 to 2017. I knew it before I tweeted it. I was so confident that he played for the chiefs at one point. I <laughs> tweeted it before I looked it up.
2: We had a, a couple things I want to mention because I think we've gotten through most things that happened in this game. We had a – I already mentioned Bob Sutton once. I'm going to mention him again. I saw some Bob Sutton tweets coming through when Tim Ward was suddenly uh, in the backfield and, and defending a, a receiver, it looked like. Uh, Josh Kando, uh, the, the rookie defensive end for the Chiefs, he had a moment where uh, he looked pretty good. We got Casey J-Dub saying he did look like <laughs> j Poe out there. Who's he referring to, Steve? Uh, DeFountain? I guess
0: – I think that's DeFo. Depot. Debo, not Debo.
2: Debo. Okay. Right, yeah. I mean, it it is a, a case where as we, we make this 53, and then I'll make my new one, I think, coming up soon. I don't know when I'm going to do my 3.0. I can't get like Jay Bingley of 610 Sports Radio and have 17 mock drafts. I'll probably do like four or five before we get the final 53. Um, but it, it, it's become a question where the defense looks great and you have a really rich offense and a lot of good depth. Is it a case where when you want to probably keep 10 offensive linemen because of what happened in the Super Bowl, are you keeping 26 offensive players and only 24 defense? It's a, it's a tough puzzle to figure out. Um, I, I think very different from the early days of the Chiefs, and, and I'll leave this. I think this is my final message for tonight. Um, it's different in the sense of the early days of the Chiefs when, remember in 13, we had the Magnific- Magnificent Seven is what they were called by the voice of the chiefs, Mitch Holtis, where the chiefs were scrounging uh, the waiver wire to get anyone here, real football players, as your boy, John Dorsey likes to call it. And they had to, to really rebuild everything. And now it's just an abundance of riches with what this scouting department is able to do. Um, Both, I think, in a really successful draft from what it looks like so far this year and really uh, with these undrafted free free agents and some of these guys who we didn't really know about. Jody Fortson finally coming to his own in in his third year. I know Darius Fountain is not necessarily a new player, but to get him on this roster and now have him push potentially out a draft pick, it just shows you how far the Chiefs have come. Not only depth from the Super Bowl, when you look at the offensive line specifically, but just the depth over the years. I just think this 90-man roster, and we're down to 85 now, we'll get down to 80 soon. Very, very impressive job by Brett Veach at every position.
0: Yeah, it's not supposed to work this way when you got Patrick Mahomes and when you already paid him. It's not supposed to work this way, and it generally doesn't Uh, across the NFL. We see teams struggle to do this and it's a credit to Brett Veach and the front office and the coaching staff and identifying players that, you know, okay, we can use those guys. Those are the guys that we can implement into this system. Uh, but before we get out of here, yes, Lucas Niang's you're starting week one, right? Tackle, right? You're ready to
2: name him in the right
0: tackle. I, he is, he is locked in. Correct. Wow. Like we can, we can go ahead and write that off. Like Lucas I Niang mean- had some flashes of brilliance tonight.
2: I so I have a theory about this. I, I can give you. I'll leave you with a tinfoil hat theory. After I gave my main takeaway for the game, th- this does not matter. So if you if you're if you're done if you're on the podcast and you got my main takeaway, go eat breakfast or whatever you're doing. If you're listening on Saturday, here's my tinfoil hat theory. When Mike Remmers came back to the Chiefs, his agent tweeted out right away, "Starting right tackle Mike Remmers is back." He mentioned the word "start."
0: Oh, uh, we lost we lost you there for a second pete you're freezing on us we're never gonna get <laughs> that's actually kind of perfect um we're never gonna know what pete sweeney was saying uh we're never gonna know uh where that was headed from mike remmer's agent or or what was going on are you with us pete no we lost you we you're gone pete we don't uh So I feel like that's the perfect way to end this thing. Um, Yes, Lucas Niang, I believe, is locked in at your starting right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Had some flashes of brilliance tonight, as well as Trey Smith. Their offensive line is going to be good, right? Like, we could definitively say that. Are you with us, Pete? We got you. Am I back here? Yeah. (laughs) You got you. You froze for a second. It just started.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> for those of you that are not in Kansas City, it is about 10 55 yeah, local.
0: It is it's raining cool. so hard right now. My dog My is internet.
2: F- Very quickly, Mike Remmers' agent tweeted back, started, tweeted back when he was, he was re signed here, tweeted, Mike Remmers is back as the starting right tackle for the Chiefs. And so I think maybe part of him being sold on coming here was to start. And as it turned out, he missed 10 days of training camp practice. Lucas Niang looked pretty good, probably looked like a better option in the eyes of the chiefs. And now he's just been inserted there and what is be- happening with Remmers? So if you've seen Remmers at left tackle, uh, they're getting him some, some reps there. Same thing with Andrew Wiley. I think both of these guys are just getting reps because they need to be swing tackles for this team. But I think Mike Remmers, and, and this is why you're getting some of the language in the press conferences and, and why they're saying it's still open. I think he was promised uh, a real opportunity to become the starting right tackle again, where he did have, he did play well last year,
0: Sorry, but
2: Mike. Sorry, Mike. Big man, big man, Lucas. Uh, uh, I don't know why, but he was like fat shamed a little when he first came back. <laughs> I mean, he's an offensive lineman. What do you <laughs> want from this guy? Uh, uh, I think he won the job too. I think that. I won. never
0: fat shamed you. I promise. It was I don't know. If it
2: was th- shaming you, but it wasn't. Me. Sorry for Steve Surti fat shaming you. <laughs> And with that, uh, we are happy that you stuck with us if you did. We're working through the live stream, as you can tell. Uh, As they say and cliche goes, it's the preseason for us, too. If you enjoy the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, you can subscribe, rate, and review for us. Uh, We would love that. We'll be back on Monday with the uh, next edition of the Arrowhead Drive. And don't forget to follow the Arrowhead Pride Army for all of your Chiefs regular season coverage. Again, I'll say it again. Subscribe, rate, and review. Do that for us. Please comment on the website. Let's get involved on Twitter. Let's chat. Let's do all that good stuff. For Stephen Serta, I'm Pete Sweeney. Thank you for listening to the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Recap Show.